Thank you very much. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. This is Taiwan's number one English language NBA-related podcast. This is your host, Sam Yarbs. With me, as always, Matty Ice himself, Mr. A.K.A., wait for it, Matt. Matt. We're just going Matt. You're going to go Matt? That's the nickname. Tweet us your nickname. Yeah. We need some suggestions from Matty. Young Matt the Dick Slinger. He's here in the house. The Dick Slinger. <laughs> we are. I like we're, it. We're That's in the lead. Dick Slinger's in the lead. You like that one? All right. Young Matt the Dick Slinger coming out the gate. Uh, we're here in the combat zone. It's a Sunday night in Taipei. Uh, lovely day for relaxing and, and, uh, and talking some NBA. And we're going to come right out the gate. We talk NBA ownership. Matt, you got some thoughts. What are, your, what are you talking about? What are you going over this summer with NBA ownership? First, I got to go back to podcast number four. It was legendary. You guys got to listen to that. It's it was, top it was one of our best. Apparently. I was sober. Maybe maybe there's a correlation between <laughs> sobriety and great podcast. And I kind of ragged off air and on air about your neighborhood. There were zombies everywhere. It's the weirdest place. We're in this combat zone, this weird red light district. Taiwan is not this place. This is not Thailand. It's the weirdest place I've ever been. But when you're a little bit drunk, when you've had a couple of beers, man, it's home. It's and I love this place. It's beautiful. I, I, and I gotta say, because I was shitting on it episode four, and I got, I gotta say, like it's, I like it. I like okay. the vibe. It's weird. There's Russian mobsters. There's way too old prostitutes. There's just, it's just a good That's combination. It. And, there's, and there's Japanese people going to 7-Eleven buying 180 choco bars because <laughs> they don't have choco bars in Japan. They only have choco latte bars. I don't know what the fuck is going on here. There's so many hotels and tourists and it's weird and I love it and we're coming live from the combat zone. The combat zone. Yeah, I was loving myself as a Japanese tourist in the 7 the other day. Wearing full-on cowboy hat and cowboy boots. He was That's, going full cowboy. But nowhere way. else in Taipei. Like, this is yes. the weirdest bubble. <laughs> and I know most of our listeners have never been to Taipei. Taipei is actually a really modern city. It's a really great city. You should all Fantastic come visit. Place, yes. But it's there's not really red light districts. There's no seediness. It's no, not this Southeast is not, Asia. Yeah. This is not a, this is not sex tourist town. This is a modern Asian uh, mega city like your Hong Kongs, like your Seouls, like your Beijing's and Shanghai. It's a little smaller than those. Taipei has its own character and its charm. It's um, got no red light district. Except for surrounding our studio. We're coming live from the combat zone. From the combat okay. zone, yes. Sam, I'm coming in hot today. And I got right. some opinions mm-hmm. about NBA ownership. One of the most important things to an NBA franchise, the ownership in charge. Absolutely. And you always hear about culture and, you know, like stability and, you know, like R.C. Buford and the, the Spurs organization and owners that are willing to spend versus, like, Zach Lowe reports, well... Toronto is close to the luxury cap, and their owner will never go over the luxury cap. Ain't doing it. That sucks. Like, that sucks if you're a Toronto fan. That's Rogers really Sports Entertainment, right? That's the... So, Sam, all of the owners are multi-millionaires and close to billionaires, mm-hmm. and NBA franchises go up in value all the time. And you Insanely could sell, so, yeah. Choose a franchise, Orlando Magic. It's worth over a billion. Probably, yeah. Uh, probably, think... probably over a billion. So, it's aggressive. That, that probably sounds aggressive, but I'd agree with you there because you look at Florida with their income tax situation, the city of Orlando, that's kind of like, a, yeah. Then choose the worst team. Like, what's the worst franchise? Sacramento Kings? Sacramento Kings? Would that be the worst franchise? No, it's in California. It's Some Milwaukee? Milwaukee just got sold for, what was it? They were like four, 400 or 500. Like, but even that's a big city. I don't know. They're all probably worth a billion. Okay, so no. Sam, here's my point. Is all these franchises are worth so much money. Insane. The, the owners are... 
if they're not making money year by year, which most of them are, mm. they're at least their 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 asset is appreciating it's with more value. So why do these owners do cheap things? And I've got a really strong opinion on what I hate the owner of the Portland Trailblazers, Paul Allen does. But Sam, I want to hear your opinion first. I want to hear what do you hate when you see uh, Russ Wisbeck or the Wick uh, Gross Grossbeck? Okay. Wick. Yeah, Mr. Wick. Or just any owners in the NBA when they cheap out, when they cheap out, when they're afraid to go over the luxury tax, when they they can't sign a guy, when they they they, you know, you hear like David Griffin can't pay Chauncey Billups. Sorry, Dan Gilbert. I did this mm-hmm. last podcast. Dan Gilbert can't pay Chauncey Billups. Won't pay a GM, yeah. More than two million a year. Like, what do you think is the biggest mistake that these super rich owners make? I mean, yeah, that's an interesting. I like that you're coming at it from the, the financial side first. And uh, I had some I had some thoughts more about the management side. But in terms of the financials, I think you're right on point, man, with, like, Looking at the the appreciation, just just the NBA as an asset, and, and also the fact that it is a completely closed market. Yeah. You can be you can be the, yeah. You can be the richest guy in America. You can't buy the thirty third team because no. there is one. There isn't any. You know, it's, it's a completely controlled market. It's a completely shut loop. It's the most exclusive club in the world. The NBA ownership group. Um, you know, owner NBA owners are are better known than owners in other sports. It seems maybe NFL being a possible exception. You got your Jerry Jones, your Bob Crafts, who are big sports personalities, but it's such an exclusive group of people. Um, and the way they let the finances. I mean, what's the most imp- important trade over the past ten years in the NBA history? It has to be the Harden move, right? Absolutely. Breaking up that OKC core, which was made out of fear of luxury tax which is just i mean absolutely insane, insane. you have a, a nba altering dynasty in the offing and uh and this concern over you know what boiled down to you know several million dollars and look i can say it's not my several million dollars it's always easier to say it's not my money but your team is going to appreciate in value by at least that much in the same period it seems and you have to look at it like that you can't just say like oh it's a it's five million dollars so sam shut the fuck up you don't have five million dollars like no it's like it's an investment that's going to make you a lot more money, plus you have infinite times more than $5 million. Like, and what are you doing like it for? Invest $30. It's the same. It's like yeah. 10% of your net worth. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, you haven't seen my, my cash drawer. My cash drawer is doing quite I counted well. that cash drawer. $30 is 10% of your net worth. I haven't opened a bank account yet. I've been in Taiwan, for, uh, Taipei, for about six months now, and I, I haven't got around to opening a new bank account yet. Normally, my cash my cash flow is slightly more liquid, so I don't need... I don't That's need great, the, man. That intermediary of the bank, I haven't found a necessary... If I ever get locked up abroad, I'm calling you, bro. I'll have your bail money on him, maybe, unless it's the end of the month. <laughs> then you have to wait, hang on a few more days till the pay, yeah, the 15th, till the pay comes through. Yeah, I've been a broke motherfucker, man. But, um, no, my cash drawer is doing all right right now. No, like, um, but it's like, it's also like, what are like you, broke motherfuckers. Why? What, like, it, it, exactly, it begs the question, what are you doing it for? Why are you owning, why are you owning NBA franchise if not for the possibility that one day you can have a core of Westbrook, Durant, and Harden? What is the what is the holy grail that you're aspiring to? And that gets me to my first point, which is the first thing that annoys me about NBA owners, what I think they do, is they overthink things. I think that NBA owners have, especially new owners, have a terrible habit of coming in and overthinking things. Um, 
and you, you get it because you have these guys who are wildly successful in other areas of their life, whether it be finance or investing or media or entrepreneurship, whatever they've done, and they've been successful by being unconventional, by breaking the rules, by thinking outside the box. And so they look at the, the NBA as a game that they can find a way, they can rig they can find that hidden knowledge that the other people haven't used and use it to their advantage, whether it's, you know, whether it's you know, the ownership group in OKC convincing themselves that keeping Ibaka and then building pieces is actually better than having a ball-dominant player like Harden and talking themselves into that vision, whether it's Vivek over in Sacramento thinking about playing four on five on occasion or whatever, you know, going full court press like it's a middle school girls basketball it. tournament. Whatever. I actually love that thought. I still, I love it. You still love that one? That, that one I love thinking outside the box. I love thinking outside the box, but I just don't like when the new owners come in and this is that classic overthinking it type things. I and mean, I mean, you can see the most disastrous was all of that. I would say it's been the, um, the Russian billionaire's reign in Brooklyn. Uh, we came in. They splashed a lot of money down on franchise players. And, I promise uh, to get married if we don't win the championship in five years. In five years, boom, Yeah, is he single? Is he still where there? is that guy? Where is that guy? I yeah. haven't seen him anywhere. He came into that one video where he like showed he showed like Jeremy Lin how to do judo or something like that. I don't know. He's a, he's a, he's an odd duck. Prokhorov, whatever like that. Um, I don't even know if he's still allowed in the country. <laughs> he's probably, he's probably <laughs> in, in Trump's Trump campaign. Trump's just banned him. <laughs> yeah, it's not a team. Too many Russians. Too many Russians. Yeah, so yeah, so that would be my first thing for me that annoys me is when owners come in and overthink it. I think that's fair. I'm just, if I'm just speaking personally, if I was an owner, I would just overthink everything. I wouldn't mm-hmm. even have a GM. Or I'd have a, a total like bitch GM that's like, there's a GM in there. <laughs> So people don't laugh at me. I would control everything. It's my team. Like I, I, I'd want to control everything. I'd be like Mark Cuban, but probably a lot worse. But I'd yeah. be like Mark Cuban. I love how Mark Cuban was like this transformational owner. He was like, man, he's really up the game. Like you know, because it's not just the salaries he's offering. Like you know, like they also have like fresh towels in their locker room. <laughs> you know, like the, remember the, thing, the list of things? Like, he was the first to be doing, like, charter planes all the time, and that's great. Yeah. But then some of the other stuff was, like, they have catered dinner at the, like, why didn't they think of that before? How did it take... How exactly. Did it take Cuban? Yeah. Okay, I think if you're an NBA fan, you have to hate your team if you sell picks, if you don't mm-hmm. have your own D-League team, if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're not protecting and supporting and nurturing your... NBA family, all the family mm-hmm. of a player, they all need to be, they all need to be treated like first class citizens. You need mm-hmm. concierge, concierge around them all the time. You need to just be making the great situation. You need catered dinner, you need hot towels, you need all this stuff. Like, it took Mark Cuban to show them that, you know? Like, like a, what the fuck though? But teams still don't do it. Like, why do you have to run like a business? Like, this is, mm-hmm. this is the whole James Dolan thing. It was like, he's never gonna sell the team because. Owning the Knicks makes him cool, but then yeah. he runs it so bad that it makes him uncool. Like, yeah. like if you're gonna be the owner, just, just be like the, the coolest owner. Like, you've clearly he, never seen James Dolan play guitar. He's, he's, <laughs> or harmonica. He's almost or as Kazoo. smooth as he's almost as smooth as Ballantine. Shout out to our sponsor for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Shot out to our sponsor. We got our first shot. Our shot tonight is sponsored by Ballantine's Whiskey, mm-hmm. the finest whiskey they're made somewhere in Europe. That's <laughs> it's a European, European product. That's a that's according to the official marketing campaign. 
Uh, yeah, Ballantines is a, is a fine whiskey. Uh, make your next move a smooth move. Ballantines whiskey from the summer of whiskey at Family Mart. All right. From the guy who had a couple of smooth moves. <laughs> a few, yeah. Immediately after drinking Ballantines. Yeah, I felt my stomach felt very smooth right after yeah, my first shot of the day. So this all leads into what I want to say, Sam. Mm-hmm. Don't hold back, Matt. I feel like you've been holding back, Matt. Which player has the longest contract or which player is being paid the longest on the Portland Trail Blazers? Which player on the oh, this is what this is what it comes down to is Portland Blazers trivia. Fuck. All right. No, this uh, is no. This is this is real. This, so which player will this be is um, twenty? He's he's being paid until twenty twenty four. He's being paid until twenty twenty four. So it must be a stretch provision. Then hold on. Let me let me let me work on this here. I'm working on my Valentines too. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this, so it must be a stretch provision. Take right? a sip of Valentine. Take a sip of knowledge. Yeah, that's seven years out, and there's no contracts that long, so it must be a stretch thing, right? You're absolutely right. Okay, so that, that's that's great. Um, You're there. Since it's stretched, it cannot be one of the obviously cannot be one of the players who's the star of the team now. So the obvious people that you'd think first about would be a Lillard or a, um, or a McCollum. So it's not any of the guys who are actually Stretching playing these guys, minutes. man, I'm going to swing on you. No, that's what I'm saying. It obviously can't be them. <laughs> Don't even mention it. <laughs> kind of throw down over a miscommunication here, Matt. Jeez, no. I'm saying it obviously can't be those first players that you would think of as having the longer contract. So it must be someone who is not playing on the team. Um... I feel like it's almost cheating, but is it the uh, is it a certain Afro sporting Brazilian that we were talking about earlier? He's only stretched five years. So it's not Anderson Anderson is stretched five years. So there's another player who's stretched longer than is it the other goofy Afro guy, Robin Lopez? <laughs> He's the starting center of Chicago Bulls, projected to be the worst team in the East according to Kevin Pelton. <laughs> Kevin Pelton's projections, yeah. Okay, Sam. Tim Quarterman. <laughs> Portland has three bigs that are stretched for three, five, and seven years. They are Azili. Oh, Festus, yeah. Yeah, the motivator. Festus, Festus the mo- That was one of my favorite reports from Portland. <laughs> Everyone wants Festus Azili to shut the fuck up in the locker room. Come on, guys, you gotta care about winning. Shut the fuck up, Festus. <laughs> Six man on the team, man. Six. No, no, no. Sixteenth man. The sixteenth man. <laughs> You're gonna love this. So we got Azizi for three years. We yeah. got Verjao for five years. Yeah. And then they just traded Crab mm-hmm. to get off his contract for Andrew Nicholson, mm-hmm. who makes twenty-one million dollars over three years, mm-hmm. and they stretched it for seven years. They stretched. So, so it's three million dollars for seven years. So we now have three centers or big men. Who's the third guy? It was Alan. No, they traded Alan Crabb to the Nets. Yeah, for... Andrew Nicholson. Andrew Nicholson. Andrew Nicholson is an NBA player. That sounds like and, and an so, actor. So what happened was Washington signed him to a four-year, $28 million contract last yes. year. And it, was, it just it immediately became a horrible contract. Yeah. You know, last year a lot of money was being thrown around. And they traded mm-hmm. him to Brooklyn in a salary dump. I think in the Bogdanovich trade. Mm-hmm. Anyways... Now Portland gets off Crab, who's a forty-four percent three-point shooter. Yeah, all the guys. Not really yeah. like. I mean, I'm maybe get rid of him, but taking on this horrible contract. Okay. So Portland's got 
We got Azili for three years, Verjao for five years, all stretched, stretched, and Nicholson for seven years. Stretched. Sam, I'm giving you the over under 35 games for their total, the total amount of games they played to get. The, 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 their aggregate total, their accumulation. Like how many games did these three Will players they? play combined? How many games did they play for Portland? Yeah. Or, um, or um, slash will they or have they played so far? They've all been stretched. They're all they're all gone. Okay. They're yeah. all unrestricted free agents. Okay. This is this is So how many games point. did they play? So obviously Nicholson did not play any games for them because mm-hmm. he So I'm saying over under thirty five. I'm definitely gonna go under because I don't think Azili played like any games for them. Did he played like uh, like a hand, handful of games? But then add in Verjao. Yeah, so it's got to be only Verjao, uh, and so he's they've always all hurt. All played zero games. <laughs> what a horrible team! Oh my god. They've all played zero games. Okay, so this is my point, and I I really hate it because Paul Allen is. A, Multi-billionaire, he's the co-founder. He's probably of the richest owner. Probably Ballmer's probably the richest owner. But he's, he's, he's like super close. Yeah, Paul Allen might be richer. Yeah, we could look up. But yeah, I don't like yeah. is super close. And Paul Allen's been willing to spend at times, but then he gets like really weird. Like he spends too much money looking for a Sasquatch in the north. <laughs> is that his thing? That, is he a big Sasquatch guy? Every year he looks I for a Sasquatch. I fucking love that shit. Oh, that's amazing. And, and and then he just goes into like a shell and like we can't spend any money on bad contracts. So anyway, so Portland. We now have. Was Neil O'Shea the most overrated GM? No, he's good. He's great. He's great. Okay, so <laughs> when you watch it, Evan Turner leaving your second Eight million dollars. Eight million dollars tied up for the next three years. Yeah. Five million dollars tied up for the next five years. Yeah. And three million dollars tied up for the next seven years. Like that's a huge percentage of the cap. The cap is ninety-nine million. Yeah. Like eight million of it is just dead money. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so here's the thing I Does made. any other and team have that many players stretched at one time? I, I can't imagine. Maybe like three Brooklyn, players stretched? Maybe Brooklyn. But here's what I hate, Sam. Yeah. Here's what I hate. is We traded... We took on Anderson Verjao's contract from Cleveland, and we got a first-round pick. Yeah. That, that's that's a smart move. Like, yeah. you, you get a pick, we have space. But we're playoff... This was last year. Or sorry, two years ago. Yeah. But we were a playoff team... And we just bought him out and stretched mm-hmm. him. Yeah. No, not, not bought him out. I'm sorry. We just stretched him. Mm-hmm. There's no negotiation. There's no buyout. Yeah. Like, why not keep him on the team? You're paying him. And you and you suck. Like, we're the yeah. eighth seed. Why not just pay him and be done with it? Nurchich wants the space, I guess, in the locker room. No, this is two years ago. Yeah, I have no idea. So, instead, Portland pays him all of his money to stretch him. Every yeah. penny he's owed. Yeah. No buyout. And he yeah. goes to the Golden State Warriors and he makes them better. Because yeah. like second. You can unit, still like, set a pick, yeah. yeah sure, you sure. don't need to do a lot to be on the Warriors. But he's a team that the Portland he's on a team that Portland's gonna play in the playoffs. Yeah. So why on earth would you not either keep the I love like getting the pick and taking the bad contract. I love that. Like we're not a very good team. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, let's do that. But why would you not Keep the player. I'm just thinking. Imagine how much shit Portland would get if they were like in New York. If they, if, they, if you know, if they were like in a major media market like New York, how much more shit they would get for the fucking the contracts and for the fact. I can't imagine another team has three players at the same time currently being stretched. That's insane. For three, five, and seven. Years. That's amazing, man. That's crazy. I, I want to look that centers. up after the pod. I would love to see that, man. That's very. Yeah, that's definitely a thing I, I would say annoys me about. Um, yeah, like, uh, and I think you kind of touched on that a little bit. And I was going to mention this as the other NBA ownership thing, which I, I don't like. 
And um, and is the, is the one thing I, overall, Boston Celtics fan. I think Wick's actually been a fantastic owner because he's done one thing that I, I really like, which is uh, he trusts the people he hires so, uh, specifically. I'm just gonna tell the listeners this podcast is going a little bit long. <laughs> go- oh yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get back into it. Okay, good. Um, he's gonna be. Is it? Uh, you got a hot take coming up? Because I can cue that music. I'll get that ready. But first, um, I think Wick's been an excellent owner because of how he's trusted uh, the people he hired, his GM. You know, Danny's been in place a long time through the pre-Big 3 era, through the Big 3 era, into this current rebuild, and he's given him a ton of autonomy, which I think is what you need because what I think, uh, one thing I don't like about owners is when they don't stay the course, when they are looking to either make a splash or change things up or switch directions midstream and they refuse to commit because, you know, if if you're... You know, if you're in, if you just keep putting your toe in the water and you never jump in, you're never going to go down a successful path. And you've seen this over again. You know, talk about the Nets again. They went all in with these veteran players, traded away all these picks, you know, went in with these these big franchise guys. And then for a few years afterwards, they were still like kind of floundering. It's like, what are they doing? You know, are they trying to win? Are they trying to lose? They don't have their picks. Why are they trying to lose? What, you know, what are they doing with it? And finally, it seems like now they've kind of centered around uh, the new GM, one of the one of the Spurs family guys, uh, Sean Marks, um, and they did a great job. They got D'Angelo Russell, Alan Crabb, yeah, Karis LeVert. Uh, yeah, int- yeah, you know, interesting. Uh, no, 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 no. Jeremy Lin, the the second best Lin brother, um, and it, now that his brother's got the Euro step, yeah. Uh, yeah, Kyrie came to Taiwan and taught him the Euro step. So he's, uh, he's, have you seen his Watch brother? Out. Have you ever seen his brother play? I've never Jeremy seen Lin's him. brother play. Does he have crazy hair? He's got super crazy hair. He's got like uh, he's got like kind <laughs> of so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, he's got like shoulder length, kind of like bowl cut. He looks like you, know, you see like <laughs> you know like Prince Valiant. He looks like <laughs> you ever see those old comics? Prince Valiant. Yeah, he looks yeah. like Prince Valiant a little bit like that. Uh, he's shoulder really, length. He's really small. He's oh, okay. super small. He's way smaller than Jeremy. You guys hear uh, that? That's a hot take, man. We're, we're giving you the inside information. Yeah. We're in Taiwan. Jeremy Lin's brother plays for the Taiwan Basketball League. He's got yeah. shoulder length bowl cut. Yeah, you can look that shit up. Yeah. That's it's a deep yeah. bowl. He's got man. the Prince Valiant look. He's the rocking bowl's it. Gotta go on top of your head. And you cut around it. You cut around it. Oh, no, that's yeah. A deep bowl. That's like a that's like a wonton bowl. That's like a, yeah. It's like a super. You get like extra. You get the it's like the, a potting soil. Yeah, Daniolo man. You know the big one. The extra. You know the extra beef noodle in there. Uh, it's like a hot pot bowl. That's <laughs> a whole wow. steamboat. I gotta man. see this guy. Yeah, we gotta look him. I don't know his name, but um. Hey, he's he's a, he's a good he's a great Lin. Uh, he sounds like he'll be in the NBA soon. He's he's super tiny. He's super <laughs> tiny, dude. He's a little Lin. He's not as big as Jeremy. Jeremy. Let's Jeremy call him got little Lin. Little Lin. Yeah. We'll call him little Lin. I think he's the older brother too, but I don't know. Jeremy must have got all the the drumsticks at the table. I don't know. Cause he grew. Um, kind of. Yeah. So that that's the one thing that the one thing about the Celtics ownership group that's kind of frustrated me a little bit. It doesn't quite seem. Like, I don't know what the Celtics are doing right now in terms of, you know, they made a great addition with Hayward, but, like, are they building for 2018? Are they building for 2023 or 25? You know, what? and they're trying to straddle that kind of middle line, which to me is, you know, is is not the sweet spot to be in, you know. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I think they have maintained some of that flexibility. Um, yeah. I'd be very interested to see what Isaiah Thomas gets in the, in the offseason. Let him walk. I mean, let him walk. I think the Celtics. Let know, him walk. The word on the street is that um, the Celtics, and by the street I mean other podcasts. <laughs> the word, the word is that the Celtics feel pretty confident that 
uh, that they're not that the mega offer from another team is not going to be there, and no that they'll way. be able no to way. they'll be able to get them back at a reasonable number. You think there will be mega offers coming in for it? No, no, impossible. There'll be no offers. There'll be no offers for Isaiah Thomas, the king in the no. fourth, is like, getting no offers. Best best case scenario, the most money he gets is two years, thirty million. The two best tickets. Okay, we where's that white? We said we're gonna start writing things down during this podcast. Where's that whiteboard? We need to put that one away. Two years, fifteen million. He can't play defense. He's not a good player. He's not a good player. He, he's, he's okay. A, Matt and I he's, are gonna fight slightly, during this fight. He's slightly above average. He's okay. Like he, he's a great scorer, but like he gives it all up on the the defensive end. He's like Lillard. Like, I mean. Lillard, you just said, is your favorite NBA player ever. Yeah, you said, I love you said is an amazing player. <laughs> so how I is I, how is IT up just above average, but Lillard's amazing? Because IT's like five six, man. Like yeah, he, but he can't play. Whatever he scores, like he just gives up on the twenty nine a game in the fourth quarter, man. And every point guard who goes against him, like thirty two points. Booker drops seventy, but it's all right. It's all right. Young Booker was was hot that night. It's all right. That dog IT is gonna get more than a two year offer. No, no, no. But I don't think it's going to be above. I, I would. I, I I completely disagree. I think it's going to be like a two year max, and I think it's going to be about fifteen million dollars a year. The king two, in the two fourth. Two for thirty. Two for we 30. shall see. We shall see. I'm very upset and offended by your Isaiah Thomas takes, but that's all right. But okay, work. so just to bring this all around, maybe we'll we'll keep it here for our podcast, and we'll see where our our next. Uh, you haven't even come up with a hot take yet. Do you have uh, a hot take? This, this has been my hot take. Oh, right now. Wait, I, no, no, no. Oh. My, this whole thing has been my hot take. Okay. Shit, we should have okay. been playing the music. Okay. 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 I got a hot take, but I want to tease our next podcast. Our next podcast, we got so much coming up. We got shit. We got NBA Africa game. We got mm-hmm. Kevin Pelton's projected wins on ESPN. ESPN's projected wins. And we crazy got, numbers. We, we got some issues with that. But just to wrap up this, this long-form GM conversation... I want to I want to pose a question to you, Sam. So, Portland chose to. <laughs> no, this is all this is all what it is. Just it's only Portland. This is so, Portland only God. So, they owed Azili seven million dollars for this year. Uh-huh. They took on a contract of Andrew Nicholson, but they never saw him play. Uh-huh. And they decided to stretch him. And they never saw that motherfucker play. Uh-huh. But they decided to stretch him. He got three years, twenty-one, yeah. and then. Uh, Verja was two years, it was probably a lot, like two years, 24. But anyways, Sam, if you are a, a team that's a good team, a playoff team, but you're not, like, in contention. Like, there's no way Portland could just, like, luck their way into a championship. Mm-hmm. In, in Two years ago and right. last year. Would you choose to stretch these players? Like, do you think it's a smart decision... Just stretch these players and have a little bit of more room. Like this year, we have more room because they stretch these players, and last year we had more room because they stretched uh, Verjao. Uh-huh. Or do you think it's better just like bite the bullet, like fuck, we're gonna be fucked, our salary cap is fucked, but keep these players on the team. And plus, if you keep them on the team, you can actually negotiate. Like, uh-huh. why not negotiate a buyout with Andrew Nicholson? Like, hey man. Give us a hundred dollars back, and we'll buy you out. Cause they they just gave him all the cash, you know. Yeah. Like, and Verjao too. Like, hey, you, 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 hey, you want to play in Golden State? Cool, man. Give us back a hundred thousand dollars. Give us back like three hundred thousand dollars. Like, 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to be. It'd be interesting to be a fly in the wall in those kind of negotiations. I don't know if they do that in terms of like, okay, you get the cap so, space when you stretch them. I mean, so, that's a that's a oh, question that I posed about what are you going to do with that cap space if you're using it to sign Alan Crabs and <laughs> Evan Turner to fucking seventy million dollar deals. I mean, but just no. in general, do, do you think it's better to like just bite the bullet and take it for one or two years? Yeah, and I'm a fan of short-term pain over long. Because the it, most franchise-crippling thing you see are those long-term deals that are you know hanging overhead for th- three years, four years, whatever like that. And these players are still getting paid. They're taking that cap space. They have a player option. You know they're going to pick up because they're not getting that money elsewhere. Those are the things that sink in submarine teams. Get that short-term pain. It's like that Bobby Bonilla contract. That Bobby Bonilla money. You know Bobby Bonilla? <laughs> yeah, he's a baseball he's, player. Yeah, he was owed like. Six million dollars, yeah. and the owners of the Mets decided, we'll pay you one million dollars for forty years. So for forty years. So every year he gets one million dollars. Yeah, that's it, awesome. It, that's it, like it, the it, Kansas. It's, it's City always year. ESPN front page. Like here's Bobby Bonilla collecting his still check. Still million. Yeah. So that's like the what's that old uh, ABA franchise? It's still it's still it's the St. Louis Royals, right? There's one ABA franchise. Remember the old story that when they when they did the merger, they agreed to close their team, but they kept like they get like five percent of the NBA revenue forever, I, and they're still getting those. Checks. I think they bought out of it. They think they were finally were bought out. Was that the thing? No, 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 no. I, yeah, I think they were bought out, but I think they got four hundred million. Oh yeah, I mean it was insane. Like they were because like, they were getting like yeah like twenty million a year. <laughs> it was for not for yeah for agreeing. I, I, I believe they were bought out for yeah. four hundred. Business deals were so much more exciting when cocaine was a more relevant drug. I feel like that was just like a better time for business. It's like that. It's like we gotta get this done. All right, <laughs> give them five percent forever. Fuck it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about like the, the lifetime of like a, a GM. Like mm-hmm. it's like you know it's maybe four years yeah. on average. So if you're like yeah, just just hedge our bets. Like just we'll pay you later. Like that doesn't. Doesn't mm-hmm. reflect on you. Like you try to win a championship, that, yeah. that that's what makes you great. That's what makes you good on history. Yeah. So like, why not just fuck up? GM is it is a strange position though. It's it is a strange a really job. Because I think it's one of the things where you know these guys. It's only thirty two. That you know they must. They're very highly qualified individuals. You know they're very they they. There's only thirty two positions in the league. It's highly sought after. Everyone would love to be an NBA GM. Like if you're in that world, if you're in that sports world, and uh, but they publicly look like idiots so much so frequently you know and uh and you know obviously that's probably the vagaries of individual player performance and and the luck that's associated with things like the nba draft or whatever it is um but it's just an amazing job you're signing up for getting a fucking just you get assholes like us in taipei talking shit about you because you're but you're making i mean how many people hate danny ainge like how many people in boston hate danny ainge and he built this whole team we talked about it on the i think the fifth episode of this podcast about how Danny Ainge actually built his team without any picks. There's no yeah. picks involved in his 50-win team, his first seed team. Yeah, there, first that's, team, that's yeah. amazing. There yeah. are no Brooklyn picks involved. Thomas Crowder, like, it wasn't yeah. this great trade. Warford, that, like, yeah. But hey, next year it's going to be Jalen Brown. And we got a lot coming up. Jalen Brown time. Yes. Jalen Brown, Brown dominated the, the NBA Africa, NBA Cares Africa game. It was Africa against the world. There's some sick highlights. Jalen Brown, Porzingis. Oh, man, we got to see the top five. We're going to try to link it. We're going to try to link it with our Twitter page. We'll see how that goes. But up next, 
we got we got, we got so much. This was a, this was the long form podcast. Yeah, we got we we, we, we had a lot of deep on the NBA ownership. I yeah. like that though. We a lot of thoughts, a lot of things to touch on. You got a lot of Portland related contract I, numbers. <laughs> you get I, I was angry. I was coming in hot, but I'm gonna be seeing yeah, Festus Azili's contract in my dreams tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Squirming in your bed. But up next, we got a we got a, a, a great podcast. We got. A lot of hot topics, and we're gonna go through them quickly. And I think you guys are gonna like it. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on on Gmail as well. We're at dunkyouverymuchpod at gmail.com. Hit us up there. If there's any topics you want to hear us hit on, um, you can leave a comment on SoundCloud or the iTunes page, whatever you want. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, get some feedback, and we try to work that in to our pod. For now, coming to you from the podcast uh, from the combat zone here in Taipei. This has been Sam Yarbs and Matthew Von Rain. This has been Dunk You Very Much. We'll catch you guys next time.